0: down the patriarchy, but make it patriarchy. (laughs) When having conversations about misogyny, I tend to do so in a trans-exclusive way. The more I, alongside many, broaden my understanding of gender and gender identity, I am realizing how omitting my language is, even unintentionally. As of currently, my automatic default when having conversations about misogyny is to revert to speaking very binary, that the victims of misogyny are women. And that much is true. Women are victims of misogyny. But that's not the full truth. When saying as a blanket term, women are victims of misogyny, many people default to picturing a traditional cis woman. The full truth is that misogyny hurts more than just cis women including trans women, trans men, and non-binary people, or NBs. I hope that writing this piece works as an exercise for me to strengthen my inclusion of trans identities when speaking about topics like misogyny. I've been trying to write a piece about how the misogynistic portrayals of porn lead to people having misogynistic sex, but I noticed I was struggling with inclusivity. It seemed like a really basic concept, but as I was writing it, I kept referring to the victims of this misogynistic sex as girls and women. That's what years of indoctrinating the gender binary will do. Just in doing that, I was erasing my own gender identity. That, or erasing my experiences with misogynistic sex. And neither of those things is fair to take away from myself or anybody. So I started by saying girls and women, and I I caught myself and I changed my vocabulary to assigned female-at-birth people. But no, that's hot garbage, because trans women have the potential to experience misogynistic sex, and the same with assigned male-at-birth envies, or AMAP NBs. In trying to write this piece on the effects of porn, I was able to recognize how exclusive my vocabulary currently is to the trans community, a community I'm very much a part of. This post is working as an exercise for myself to remind me to keep those conversations inclusive. I am very passionate about unlearning misogyny, but ironically I cater to a very patriarchal point of view even when challenging it. That's fucking lame. Trans women experience misogyny. Trans men experience misogyny. Non-binary people experience misogyny. Clearly, I'm not an expert on this topic but this is just me trying to openly reflect on ways more people than just cis women are hurt. Trans women and anyone who is femme-presenting or femme-passing are all hurt by misogyny. The examples I'm reflecting on in this area are beauty standards, stereotypes, and assaults, but they surely aren't the end-all be-all. Unrealistic beauty standards that destroy the self-esteems of cis girls and women are just the same placed on trans women and anyone who wishes to be femme presenting or passing. In the same way cis women are expected to be the perfect amount of just so in areas like weight, height, and breast size, members of the trans community also fall victim to these sexist standards. And the racism ingrained in traditional beauty standards exists as well, with colorism and misogyny making black trans women one of the most critiqued and ridiculed group, in this case on portrayals of beauty alone. This isn't to say that trans men aren't also hurt by these expectations, both in the closet and conforming to gender roles of assigned sex, or those being criticized for diverting from said gender roles and expressing an ulterior gender presentation. Much like how misogyny's unfair beauty standards hurt more than just cis women, misogyny's unfair stereotypes of women hurt more than just that exclusive group, too. Basically, anyone not a cis man, or who passes as a cis man and thereby is extended the privilege of assumption, adopts the misogynistic stereotypes given to cis women. Fan-presenting AMAB-NBs, trans women and other members of the trans community are all subject to tropes of being hysterical or crazy, weak and inferior, unintelligent and daft, vain and vapid. These are tropes that are mainly only critiqued in conversations centering cis women. Another conversation that centres cis women when speaking about misogyny, physical and sexual assaults. Trans women and femme-presenting NBs are just as much at risk of sexual assaults as cis women because of their gender presentation and the culture of rape that surrounds it. In fact, due to compounding factors like classism, members of the trans community are sometimes more at risk for aggressive misogynies like assaults. And on top of this, because of transphobia's invalidation of trans identities, mixed with misogynistic stereotypes of victims of assaults being liars, and trans victims of assaults are all but disregarded completely. The same misogyny hurts trans men and AFAB NBs in other ways, too, like medicinal misogyny, and their experiences again are discounted and ignored. Medical misogyny, and the stunt in medical research on assigned female bodies as a result, is harmful to trans men and AFAB envies just as much as it is to cis women. Research on illnesses such as Autism Spectrum Disorder has predominantly been focused on AMAB people, leaving behind those in AFAB bodies with the illness. Similarly illnesses like endometriosis, an illness for those with uteruses, is incredibly understudied, with no known cause or cure. What's more is that when learning about human anatomy in school, students are taught using assigned male models and references. Assigned female anatomy is often a completely condensed and separate othering category or section, making it an afterthought. This puts the focus on and making the go-to to be AMAP bodies. The lack of emphasis put on studying and healing assigned female bodies due to misogyny doesn't just hurt cis women but anyone with ovaries including trans men and afab nbs and what's more is that the health care that is provided to afab people is inherently transphobic synonymous with women's health it's not just women who have assigned female bodies It's very inaffirming for trans people with uteruses, ovaries, and breasts, and vaginas to have doctor's visits regarding these body parts, as they are incredibly feminized in our society and therefore in the medical field. Just as inaffirming is the loss of trans voices or experiences when discussing the assigned female anatomy. This is similar to the exclusion of trans women and AMAP NBs when using the term men's health to refer to the health of assigned male bodies. AMAB body parts like the penis and testicles are masculinized in our society, taking away the inclusion of trans people with those same body parts. This is why I'm trying to get my shit together. Trans identities basically don't exist outside of ourselves. We are completely shut out of every conversation. If I want to talk about my experiences with misogyny, I feel as though I need to revert myself back to my assigned gender just to feel any kind of validity in what I'm saying. This defense mechanism is transphobic in and of itself. I need to learn to keep my conversations more inclusive and practice opening my arguments to stand for more than just cis women. While misogyny is very damaging to cis women, the same misogyny targets members of the trans community just the same, like how beauty standards hurt trans women and non-binary people, or how medical misogyny hurts trans men and non-binary people. I have to keep practicing this inclusion because I've been taught and often automate to exclusion. I know I have so much more to learn. Like I just learned about xenogenders last week and honestly, I'm not sure I really understand them. And maybe this very post excludes them from an important conversation. I hope not but it would be no surprise to me to find out that I'm ignorant to someone's experiences or identity or how to include them in conversations and haven't been so far. It's that very reason that I want to practice having these conversations so that I practice the ability to think about who I may be forgetting unintentionally. It's important not to forget trans identities when discussing topics like misogyny because it just continues to the silencing of trans identities and trans voices. As per usual, I have discussion questions. If you would like to respond to them, you may go to justaguidetryingtheirbest.blogspot.com 1. When did you start to consider or include trans identities in your conversations about misogyny? Have you just started? Two, how do you work to decenter the voices of cis women when talking about misogyny? Are there more steps that you can be taking? And three, do you have more examples of how the trans community is excluded in conversations regarding misogyny? Thank you so much for listening and coming along this journey of learning with me. Have a grand fucking day. Happy unlearning and high-five, friends!